this fucking guy. What's up, my sweet waffle fries? I don't know why I decided that was going to be my opener. Regardless, welcome to the very first episode of that magical place where we can all gather to drink and bitch and talk about this fucking guy. This is the podcast where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and dick weasels that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm your social justice barbarian, Red Martinez. And I'm your righteous indignation druid, Ginger Golub. What's up, Gingy? Welcome to our first fucking episode. I know. It's pretty badass. It is. I'm 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 jazzed. I'm I'm not riled up enough yet, but I think that that's going to come. Don't you even worry about okay. it. Okay. Maybe maybe starting in a clear mental headspace is like the way to go and just completely deteriorate my mental health during the process. I think that's a really good idea. So we start these sober. I mean, I already have half of Old Rock going. Yeah. But yeah, so by the end, that's really when the the nihilism and, and yeah. the drunkenness kicks in together. Yeah, we, we've entered the studio each with one Bold Rock pair and a cumulative bottle of Jack Daniels American Honey. So we will see. What? <laughs> we will see how this goes. So I, I already have a story. I already know of the thing that has frosted my cookies. <laughs> so... I'm just going to go ahead and start because I just need to... Okay. So, um, last night, I met my dad and my husband and my brothers-in-law at a local brew pub. And, well, my husband, he uh, he was like, hey, do you, like, know these people staring at us? And I was kind of like, I think so, vaguely. So they came over, and first they called me my... This lady called me my sister's name. And I was like, no... But then she explained, and I understood, she was my old piano teacher. Okay. So it was my old piano teacher. I haven't seen this woman in, like, 20 years. And it was her daughter, who I knew, and her husband. And, you know, it was it was one of those, like, nice things where you were like, oh, my God, like, so good to see you. What are you doing now? That's so nice, you know. So we were in this sort of conversation, and the piano teacher starts... Calling my dad, I said I shouldn't say calling. He she starts saying, "Oh my God, you look like Sean Spicer. Doesn't he look like Sean Spicer? You look like Sean Spicer." Okay. Which right? That's already a lot to unpack because I cannot tell. It's a, it's, lo- <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. It's not the most untrue thing I've heard, but it's not like, "Oh my God, I've been looking for." Right. No. So you know, me being me, I was like, "Oh." How dare you? How could you call him <laughs> such an egregious thing? Because, you know, I'm hilarious, but also, like, trying to up up the comedy because I don't know how that joke's gonna land. <laughs> and she looks at me very sweetly. She's like, oh, are you a Democrat? Oh, so I Jesus. already know where this is gonna go. But again, I'm trying to salvage this, drinking my beer, trying to hang out with my family. And I was like, oh, I... I'm not a Democrat. I'm a leftist. You know, super exaggerating, which, of course, it's not really an exaggeration. But still, like, making this off the cuff. And then this woman, she looks me dead in my eyes and goes, Oh, so you're okay with killing babies? Oh, Christ. <laughs> Woo! Oh, God. Woo. It's like, hey, Lois. 
The Leap! What's up, Lois? Woman I haven't seen in 20 years. That, this is within five minutes of reuniting. We, oh, God. <laughs> so, um. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I very quickly was like, you know, wow, that's not really appropriate. Let's just get back to beer. And it kind of bowled over. It wasn't a big deal. But, uh, yeah, like, my my piano teacher from my childhood called me a baby killer. I mean, we should run these by each other first, because the thing that's really pissing me off is that I got a new laptop, and it says it's going to take 20 hours to port my files over, which is kind of not on the same... No, honestly, that's worse. Uh. <laughs> like, mine was a five-minute interaction with a woman I will never see again. So, it is time, without further ado... Oh, God bless. ...for our main segment. All right. Let's talk about this fucking guy. Have you heard of a man named Peter Vlaming? I can assure you I have not. Good! That will make this fun. So, this story uh, takes place at uh, West Point High School, which is in West Point, Virginia, a town in King William County. It's about an hour east of Mm -hmm. Richmond, Virginia. So, there's several different articles uh, detailing these events. Um, uh, I mostly pulled from one by the Richmond Times-Dispatch. There was one by the Roanoke Times, NBC12. There was So there was a lot of these different he did, articles. He, whatever he did, he didn't do it subtly. He did not. So the summer of 2018, what a lovely, lovely time, a student and his family approached the West Point High School administration. The student, who has not been named in any of these things, which is good, mm-hmm. had recently come out as a trans male. Okay. Uh, So he and his family were informing the school system of the transition, their expectations. He'd already gotten his, you know, name changed legally. Oh, good supportive family. Super supportive family. Um, So it was all about the new new name and using he, him pronouns, Uh right? Part of this, you know, part of this information was them saying, Hey, teachers and staff, Susie is Sam. And Sam is a boy, and we're gonna talk to him like a boy, because he's a boy. He's a boy. Yep. It's a boy. <laughs> so, uh, Peter Vlaming was a French teacher at the high school. Um, he'd been so for about seven years prior to that. He had lived like a decade in France. So he had a meeting with the school guidance counselor. And being a guidance counselor, they were like, here's some guidance. This is the kid's name, and he goes by he, him pronouns. Flaming said, yeah, I'll use this new name, but I will not use he, him pronouns. Why? <laughs> well, we already know why, but like, let's get... <laughs> and after this, he said the same thing with the principal, um, who was like, nah, you need to use the right pronouns. At this meeting, so again, to the guidance counselor, he was like, nah, bruh, I ain't gonna do that. But when he met with the principal immediately after, he just, he did not object he did not say he was going to refuse. He just kind of kept mum about the whole thing. Mm. However, transphobes going to transphobe, right? So he refused to address the student by the proper pronouns and, like, said he would only refer to them by their name. So I, he, so, 
I don't know if you know how awkward that is. It's, it, linguistically, it's very awkward. I imagine it's also awkward when you are teaching someone a language. Yeah, so, yeah, that was part of the problem. But literally, he used pronouns for, like, every other person, because that's what humans do with language. But for, you know, again, this kid is not named. I'm going to call him Sam. It's like, well, Sam has to bring Sam's homework, and Sam can look at Sam's things, and Sam will do the Sam thing. Because language is a thing, he was really bad at this, to the point where uh, the article states the student made it very clear that he was uncomfortable and felt singled out by this practice. Yeah. Um, I should say, Vlaming did not intentionally use female pronouns with this kid. In front of his face! Hey! He definitely used female pronouns to all the other teachers referring to this kid and students. What a weird hill to die on. A very weird hill. Stu- the student actually, like, because the student's in a school with, like, other kids. Yeah. The kids were like, yo, did you hear that, like, Mr. Vlaming is still calling you a girl and calling you she and her? That's weird, right? So the student was really aware that uh, this was going on and had actually tried to address this to the teacher, uh, Fleming clearly did not give two shits and did not change anything. Uh, After he met with the student, he then called the student's parents. This is a quote from the uh, West Point uh, School Board's letter to Mr. Fleming. Mr. Fleming indicated that he was upset that other students had reported to the student that they had heard Mr. Vlaming using female pronouns to refer to the student. Mr. Flaming indicated that he needed to censor himself when speaking to other students if they were going to tell the student what he was saying. How dare they reflect reality back at this human being? So yeah, so his complaint is not like, yeah, sorry about that, I keep misgendering your kid. It's like, I feel so harmed and attacked that I'm fucking up and around Jesus. students and they're they're telling this they're telling the person I'm fucking up with that I'm fucking up. I think if as a blanket rule your main complaint is they couldn't keep their fucking mouth shut, then, <laughs> then like by definition, you are uh, this fucking guy. So uh, he also told the parents during this conversation that he straight up wouldn't use male pronouns oh, when cool. referencing to their kid. Uh-huh. So cool. Um, so this all kind of kind of came to a head. Uh, during one class activity. They were using a virtual reality headset, which honestly sounds cool as shit. Yes! Uh, During this virtual reality thing, the student was about to, like, run into a wall. And Mr. Vlaming shouted, Guys, stop her! Vlaming also did not correct himself or apologize after this incident, even when the principal told him, uh, bruh, that would have been the appropriate thing to do. Yeah. You should should apologize. And... So this, um, at this point, he ended up being suspended. Mm-hmm. The suspension, when he, when he got the letter of suspension, uh, the principal, Principal Abel, essentially cited the reason that the suspension was to determine whether the incident was a slip-up or whoopsie-doodle, as I prefer, <laughs> or whether Vlaming was intentionally violating the school policy. Gee, I wonder. So again, because again, to bring it back, they had this lovely school policy saying you cannot discriminate or harass students because of gender identity. Uh, they had a meeting with uh, the principal, 
Uh, and Vlaming doubled down. Oh, yeah. It refused to use the correct pronouns, and the school ended up recommending that Vlaming be fired for refusing to follow the directives of the school administration and not complying with the school's non-discrimination and harassment policy. So on December 6, 2018, after a five-and-a-half-hour hearing, the West Point School Board voted 5-0 to zero to terminate Vlaming. Yay! They specific... Right? Yay! Yay! Insert confetti noises. Um, they specifically cited insubordination and repeated refusal to comply with directives made to him by multiple administrators at his school. Uh, the ugly aftermath. Well, the good and ugly aftermath. Because the good aftermath is that this student probably is no longer being harassed by Mr. Flaming. Yay! Yay! On the other hand, um... <coughs> So, the day after the school board decision, um, some of the students at West Point High who disapproved of their teacher being fired participated in a walkout. Uh, of course they did. It's almost as if, like, there's a larger culture of transphobia almost and that this weird. teacher purposefully misgendering a student contributes to that culture in the school. On December 12, 2018, a petition was created by TFP Student Action. To rehire Vlaming. The petition, which, by the way, was completely not written by a student. There's, this is not, no student. Right? It was in French? No, just no student writes like this. <laughs> like, no 15 I, I want to assume that's written in graduate level French. I mean, on the, uh, on the one like, hand, it doesn't have that, like, I'm trying really hard to student. Because, like, you know, you have those movies of, like, teen culture that, like, constantly say yeet as if, like, that's Hello. all teens say. What's up, my fellow teens? <laughs> Exactly. Um, but this is clearly not written by a student. Um, it's titled, School Fires Teacher for Using Correct Pronoun for Girl Who Identifies as Boy. Join the protest. It gave the following facts. You ready for these facts? Uh-huh. Ready for some facts? <coughs> Fact one. A biological girl decided to transition to boy. So with the applause of the transgender movement... She adopted male pronouns, he instead of she. Everyone was expected to go along with the lie. Fact two, when the well-liked French teacher, Mr. Peter Vlaming, used correct female pronouns for the girl at West Point High School in Virginia, he was denounced and targeted. Fact three, the school fired Mr. Vlaming because he refused to violate his conscience and pretend that a girl can become a boy and vice versa. Mr. Vlaming was found guilty of holding fast to the reality that God made male and female. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot there. Um, let's talk about what the fuck TFP student action is. Okay. According to... These fucking pricks student action. <laughs> Yes, you know, that is technically correct, but not okay. what, they, what they say. Well, um, can we get their Wikipedia <laughs> updated? It's basically what it says, just like translated differently. Founded in 1973, the American TFP was formed to resist, in the realm of ideas, the liberal, socialist, and communist trends of the times, and proudly affirm the positive values of tradition. So, uh, the petitions letter is a hotbed of transphobic bullshittery. Again, I kind of, it's just so bad that I kind of have to just, like, make you endure it. Oh, God. It's addressed to, um, um, the superintendent of the public schools. To target children with the idea that a biological girl can become a boy is false, 
harmful, and confusing. Therefore, I respectfully urge you to restore Mr. Peter Vlaming to his teaching position at West Point High School. He was unjustly fired for upholding biological truth. The American College of Pediatricians warns, conditioning children into believing that a lifetime of chemical and surgical impersonation of the opposite sex is normal and helpful is child abuse. The American Pediatric Association says, "Eat a dick." <laughs> As I said, do you know the Amer? Do you know of the American College of Pediatricians? I actually no. I thought she said the American Pediatric Association, which I feel it's, like is a real thing, and maybe switch it around. So okay, the the people in this letter that they cited is the American College of Pediatricians. They are not the American Academy of Pediatrics. Okay. The AAP is the professional association of pediatricians that address pediatric health care standards and publish policy statements about advocacy issues and practice recommendations. Some of the things they get into are like, you know, car safety seats and uh-huh. gun violence and uh, school start times for adolescents. And all of this stuff is backed up by clinical research that they publish in their peer-reviewed scientific journal, Pediatrics. The American College of Pediatricians is none of that. Uh, AC PEDS is, as wonderfully described by the Southern Poverty Law Center, a fringe anti-LGBT hate group that masquerades as the premier U.S. Association of Pediatricians to push anti-LGBT junk science. Guys, (laughs) if you have been described by the Southern Poverty Law Center... Stop. Yeah, it's not a good look. It's for you as much as anyone. <laughs> so, um, AC Peds does some of the following bullshit, just so you have a really clear picture, if that wasn't clear enough. Uh, they oppose adoption by queer couples. Cool. They link homosexuality to pedophilia. Like you do. They oppose the HPV vaccine. They endorse conversion therapy for mm. queer youth. They oppose. Oh, no. oh, no. oh. They oppose comprehensive sex education and emergency contraception. Well, they, that doesn't surprise. They promote the belief that transgender people have mental illness, and they call transgender healthcare for youth child abuse. So, it really is not a good look to um, cite a literal hate group when petitioning for a transphobic teacher to get his job back. You know. The job They're really he lost. hoping you don't check the sources, aren't they? They're really hoping. Well, honestly, they don't honestly, care. They don't, they don't care. care. They they didn't check the sources on their sources. Well, the people they're appealing to don't care about the sources. Probably. Another petition was started by Persecution in America, which is a website dedicated to protecting Christians from government persecution, a thing that does not exist. They sound real cool and chill. They're, <laughs> they're, they're both cool <laughs> and chill. Um, some, some of the other cases that they've uh, advocated for includes um, Jack Phillips, who is, quote, facing a third lawsuit for not baking cakes dedicated to Satan, and Kathy... <laughs> get a little kick out of that. Oh, boy. He sounds like a real party animal. I just imagine him opening an envelope going, not again! Not again! Not Satan Cakes! Actually, I would love to have a bakery called Satan Cakes. Anyway, um, and Kathy Miller, who is also being sued for not baking what they quote as a lesbian cake. I mean, it wasn't that. 
I was making those lesbian cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go down in the salt mines and make those lesbian cakes. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Goodness. So, this petition, which I will not read the whole thing because I've already Thank scarred you, you mostly. Um, this petition features such great, um, such great passages like, the school's administration required Mr. Vlaming to play along and pretend that a student born as a woman has now morphed into a real man. And now poses the question, is it really happening that some mentally ill patient gets a teacher fired for being morally right and factually correct? So, again, great questions being posed. <laughs> These oh, mentally geez. ill children... Losing people their jobs. It sounds like the really half-assed, we didn't read the book report on Pinocchio. <laughs> He's morphed into a real boy. Yes. <laughs> oh my good, I shall not tell lies. Um, so, and, and just to put the nail on the, the people who are supporting this asshole coffin, mm -hmm. he was also a guest on Tucker Carlson's show. I'm, I actually did watch it. For in preparation, but I'm not telling you anything about it. I'm so sorry. It. Tucker you Carlson know. is a man with 15% too much hair. <laughs> He's also a man that, like, his pensive face is, like, as if, like, he put too many Skittles in his mouth, and the only way he can get rid of them is to slightly lower his jaw so some of them spill out slowly. <laughs> Um, so again, yeah. all of this should give you a very, all the information you need to know about this fucking guy, right? Okay. So, why are we now talking about Peter Flaming? Why now? What is it about the present? He's suing everybody! Yeah, that sounds right. So, according to a Washington Post article from October 1st, 2019, Flaming has, quote, sued school district officials for allegedly violating his right to speak freely and exercise his religion, among other claims. Flaming's conscious and religious practice prevents him from intentionally lying, his lawsuit said, and he sincerely believes that referring to a female as a male by using an objectively male pronoun is telling a lie. He's asking for his job back in a measly $1 million in damages. Oh, just poultry. Only just poultry. So he is being represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, ah. which is already, setting, <laughs> already set up for success, um, the ADF is a legal advocacy and training group that supports the recriminalization of homosexuality. Oh, cool. Has defended the state-sanctioned sterilization of trans people abroad. Oh, and works to develop religious liberty legislation to allow the denial of goods and service to services to LGBT people on the basis of religion. Side note, they are also one of the most influential groups informing the Trump administration's policies towards LGBT people and worked really closely with former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. So if you haven't already guessed, they're classified as a hate group. Let's talk about this this lawsuit, this complaint, shall we? Because I read through the entirety Why? of Mr. Vlamig's complaint that he Why? that he filed to the King William County. I watched County a documentary and I thought I was putting too much effort into this because I went beyond Gingy, Wikipedia. Gingy, I hate myself. So, <laughs> and I am dedicated. I am, you are working on making me hate you too. <laughs> I am dedicated to this cause. Okay. So. 
Um, the complaint states that should Vlamin comply with the student's demands, he would be forced to communicate that gender identity, rather than biological reality, fundamentally shapes and defines who we truly are as humans, that our sex can change, and that a woman who identifies as a man really is a man. Yeah! <laughs> but, but if he refers to students based on their biological sex, he communicates the views he actually believes, that our sex shapes who we are as humans, that the sex is fixed in each person, and that it cannot be changed regardless of our feelings or desires. Your views suck! So there's a lot to unpack here, but, you know, we could just throw out that whole fucking suitcase. <sighs> Set it on fire. Yeah, just... In the street. Yep. Um, so, this is a thing I've noticed with a lot of transphobes. They like to cite this idea of biological sex in order to further their discrimination against trans people. What... <clears throat> Have you also noticed, weirdly enough, that, like, there's a lot of overlap between the people shouting, But science says you're a girl! And science is wrong, and climate change is fake! There, God, there is also, there, but pedestal time, there are not two fucking sexes. Because there is such a thing as intersex people. And there is, there are intersex people for whom that is expressed differently. So no, there's not just boys and Ding, 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 ding. So, part of what, uh, part of the issue is that, so, to kind of, to kind of, like, Put as a as a as a branch on this shit tree, a little a little shitty branch on this shitty tree. Uh, in October 2018, the New York Times reported on a memo leaked from the Department of Health and Human Services. This memo proposes to establish a legal definition of whether someone is male or female based solely and immutably on the genitals they were born with. Mm, oh, furthermore, Jesus Christ. the memo claims that processes for deciding the sex on a birth certificate will be clear, grounded in science, objective, and administratable. So, as we've already discussed, Genji, Genji, human biology ain't that straightforward. This idea that, like, your genitals determine your biological sex... How are you going to prove that with the students at your school? Are you going to be dipping your hand in their pants to make sure? Like, <sighs> there's problems with that. Yeah. yeah. So, just this idea of biological sex being one singular defined thing is just not science, okay? Vlaming's complaint can really be broken down into three parts, or at least, to me... The three parts that are most important in my very non-professional estimation of this legal document. Um, first is um, on the right to free speech. Uh, one of Laming's claims is that compelling an individual to an express an objective biological falsehood is not a lawful message. So um, the second part of his complaint is um, right to free exercise of religion. So. I don't know if you remember, if we're going to go back to the beginning, weep, whoop, weep, whoop, going back to the beginning, where he, where Vlaming first said, I'm not going to call this student by male pronouns. I just ain't gonna. Mm. At no time did he cite religion as why. He never stated any actual objections other than, he didn't want I, I don't want to. I noticed that when I was screaming why and you did not, like, <laughs> pull that out. 
I just like hearing, you know, your dulcet tones. My of frustration. screams. <laughs> Um, so the complaint states that Vlaming's views and expression related to gender identity, including use of pronouns, are motivated by his sincerely held religious beliefs and are avenues through which he exercised his religious faith. I don't know about you or your faith, but like pronouns aren't, using particular pronouns is not an avenue of any faith I'm not, I'm aware of. I mean, even as like a former Catholic, like the Catholic Church never said, and you know, the Lord be with you, and also with you, lift up your pronouns. We lift them up to the Lord. Like, <laughs> that was never a thing. Um, well, but the second part of this complaint, anyway, is um, I feel like it's hypocritical citing both biological truths in science and religious beliefs. I feel like those are not related. Well. Contradictory. Yes, but we really wish the people who held sincere religious beliefs would go ahead and grab onto scientific fact most of the time. But it has to be the, it has to be real actual facts. scientific facts and not just like I'm cribbing this from a ninth grade bio- biology book that I didn't read that hard. Yeah, that was probably from 1973. It was um, from 1973. So, and the third thing is like I again, we can find no documentation that Flaming actually made any sort of religious objections at any point until this. So, um, the worst bit to me, I mean, they're all the worst bits, but mm. the worst, worst bit is uh, the right to due process. First, the complaint argues that West Point... I do for sure see now why you had to consult with Susie Cream Cheese, our staff attorney. Susie Cream Cheese! She was, she was great. It wasn't so much that, like... I couldn't, like, literally read off the complaint because I can, but it was mostly, like, I, what does this mean? What does this mean? Yes. And calling up our friend is so much cheaper than getting a law degree. Also, disclaimer alert, wow, wow, wow. Uh, just because we have a friend, Susie Cream Cheese, the lawyer, we are not providing legal advice. Oh, Jesus, Oh, no. no. We're just drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So the complaint argues that the West Point school board policies are unconstitutionally vague because they prohibit both sex discrimination and gender identity discrimination, which are inherently in conflict. Do you want to answer that question? I mean, sex, gender, and sexuality are three, three different, different things. things to begin with. Well, that's that's the thing. They're they're not. And they're two different things, so they can't conflict with each other because they're on different planes. They're in parallel. It, yeah, they can't be in conflict because so discriminating based on sex is discriminating against a woman because she's a woman. Yeah, and we figured out that that was bad. That was bad. Discriminating a long time ago. based on gender identity is discriminating against a woman. Because she is trans. Yes. And we're figuring out that that's bad now. Well, it's it's always been bad. But it's always been bad. But America, like, slow on the uptake. So slow. Um, furthermore, this is really fucking gross. I actually, like, needed to have a drink after this because it's just so gross. I'm going to gonna open mouth. up the bourbon. Um, furthermore, the complaint states that, quote, by ordering Vlaming to treat... His female student, as if she were male, defendants have ordered Vlaming to treat her differently than other females. 
Ugh. So, uh, Vlaming's request for relief includes, you know, declaring that his rights were violated, blah, 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 blah. As you do. Getting his job back, blah, 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 blah. But also this little tidbit. This is the shitty tidbit. Oh. The shit bit. He requests a permanent injunction prohibiting anyone from enforcing school board policies to prohibit individuals from expressing views regarding gender identity or to punish them for expressing those views, including addressing and referring to students based on their biological sex. So to sum up that, because that's a lot of stupid legal crap, he not only wants to have his job back, but Vlaming wants to make sure that legally he and other transphobes are allowed to transphobe and they can't be punished for it. What a cool guy! Cool, cool, Oh, God, this fucking guy. So, um, so, you know, again, this is... What's really gross about all this, besides, you know, all of it, is, is that throughout the complaint and in his multiple interviews, again, I had to watch Tucker Carlson, The Sacrifices I Make for You. Um, Vlaming is not only trying to use his religion as a basis to discriminate against trans people, but he's also trying to argue that using the wrong pronouns only counts if there is an intent to harass and mock. That's just everybody's grandfather. Hey, asshole. Intentionally denying someone their existence is fucking harassment. Refusing to acknowledge a person's lived reality is fucking harassment. So, trans people are regularly misgendered by doctors, police, Uh teachers, everybody, all the time. A 2018 study published in the Journal of Adolescent Health found that for each additional social context in which a youth's chosen name was used, there was a statistically significant decrease in depressive symptoms, suicidal ideation, and suicidal behaviors. So, literally, using the correct names and pronouns... Makes them less suicidal. It's one letter. It's really not hard. Um, also, according to, like, there's a five-year research study. It was done by the Human Rights Campaign, which is, you know, problematic, but, it, you know. But uh, 84% of transgender youth do not always feel safe in the classroom. Uh, over half of young trans people can never use the restroom oh. of, the, of the one that aligns with their gender. Oh, no. At their school. Uh, the same human rights campaign study recorded that from 2013 to 2018, at least 128 trans people were victims of fatal violence. At least 74% of the known victims of anti-transgender violence in 2017 through 2018 were misgendered in their police reports and media reports surrounding their incident. So, Ren. <laughs> yes. You know how much I love statistics, and I trusted you not to use statistics to make me so sad. I know, I know statistics are your favorite thing, even when it's about <sighs> shitty people. This is why I cite sources, man. I know. I carry didn't make on. it up. The sources will be. Well, in the... we're we're kind of we're coming ra- we're kind of wrapping up because See the honestly, sources in the links. Blah. Yeah, because honestly, Vlaming is t- <laughs> so. We're going to be hearing more about this, obviously, as as the complaint moves forward through the courts. The only thing that hangs in the balance of this whole thing is, I don't know, whether trans kids can get to live their fucking lives without assholes ruining their shit. So, um, this was cited in several different articles. The student, after Vlaming 
like, shouted in the middle of class, misgendering him, Mm -hmm. uh, went up to his teacher and said, Mr. Vlaming, you may have your religion, but you need to respect who I am. Like, I respect the hell out of this kid. Oh, God, so much. He is handling himself with dignity and grace. I can only imagine what the shit is going on at school based on that fucking protest. Like, it can't be solid. This sweet baby for Supreme Court. Right? Sweet baby for Supreme Court. Um, But as a slightly drunken adult, I don't give two fucks about grace and dignity. Peter Vlaming, go fuck yourself. If you don't want to be that fucking guy, (laughs) here's some simple tips, Gingy. Don't use transphobic slurs. Don't ask trans people about their genital surgery or sex life. Use trans people's chosen names and pronouns. Don't misgender them. And call out assholes on their transphobia. Please do. As my disclaimer, I'm a cisgender woman. You don't have to take my word for this shit. You can go to listen to such cool people like uh, Mara Kiesling. She founded the National Center for Transgender Equality. Raquel Willis, the executive director of Out Magazine and the director of Black Trans Circles at the Transgender Law Center. Eli Ehrlich, who's a transgender activist and director of Trans Student Educational Resources. There's Janet Mock, A.C. Dumlau, Kai Alums. There are so many wonderful, beautiful trans people if you don't feel like taking my dumb cis word for it. So, in conclusion, this fucking guy, right? Oh my god, this fucking guy. (laughs) So... We're going to take a quick, quick. Uh, shot of a shot of whiskey break. Yeah, and shot or five. Right back. Burp, 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 burp. So you know what's the best part about these fucking guys? That climate change will kill them all, including us? Well, yes, but also exactly what you just said. You stole the words out of my mouth. I did. They're also flammable, mostly. Oh, well, you know, that's true. Really, if you think about it, anything's flammable if you try hard enough. Yeah, just like anything's edible if you try hard enough. But yeah, so here's somebody who has uh, just shuffled right off into this abyss. And we can just take some comfort in the fact that he is not here. I'm also just gonna go ahead and issue a very strong content warning for this entire section for um, sexual abuse, especially child sexual abuse and animal abuse. So Content warning. Content warning. Um, If those are things that you find triggering, frankly, you're just gonna want to throw the rest of this pod, you're just gonna want to yeet it into the woods uh, farewell to the rest of this podcast. Join us next week. Yeah, just well, no, just mute it to the last like literal thirty seconds. That watch, would be nice. Watch cat videos and then just hear us say farewell, goodbye, uh-huh. so long as a good night. Yes, that one. Because um, today we are going to be talking about Daniel Carlton Gudishek. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> well, Ren, he is a Nobel Prize winner. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> That's not what I expected you yeah, he to is, say. Yeah, he's an esteemed scientist, Nobel Prize winner, and somebody uh, frequently lauded as a humanitarian. 
You know, you did do a content warning for child sexual abuse, so, um... Yeah, it's not gonna go great. <laughs> None of this goes great. None of this goes great. Okay, so, um, I, I, I start gotta check. Okay, so, so first of all, disclaimer that I learned about, um, this guy from the fabulous podcast, This Podcast Will Kill You, if you want to learn anything more about Gotta Check, or, um, which I will just frequently mispronounce, I think it's Gotta Check, I just said it wrong, but, um... After three shots, who cares? Oh, you're sweet to think that that's all I've had. <laughs> um, so, Gotta Check, I did not realize he was an American. I, uh, went into this and did a whole lot of research thinking that this was, um, a fucking asshole from Hungary. It turns out his father was, from was now Slovakia, and his mother was Hungarian, but he was born in Yonkers, New York. In Yonkers, out there, there's a world outside of Yonkers, I'm gonna ruin it with my bullshittery. I have <laughs> Anything else? In 1923. Okay. In 1923. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that most of uh, the sources that I'm going to quote are um, from the documentary The Genius and the Boys. So this was a kid born, you know, in New York in the 1920s. It was big. It was booming. It was a world full of possibilities or whatever. And his father flirted with every woman he met in on the successful slaughterhouse. And I'm sure that didn't impact him at all. I mean, what father didn't? Slaughter and flirting. Slaughter and flirting. Slaughter women. Um, so when he was a kid, Gajacek said that he realized he was different from his family, like all good edgelords do. Uh, and... <laughs> no one understands what he means. Yeah, he looked around, he's like, no one understands me or my intellect. Uh, <laughs> and he started spending a lot of time with his aunt Irene, who was a respected entomologist, and she's like the only really great person in this story, although maybe not, because by the time he was four, he was helping her collect beetles and poisonous spiders and dropping them in a big jar of cyanide. No, that sounds cool as shit. I want an Aunt Irene. That's cool as shit. He was four. I mean, four-year-olds eat bugs. It's better to put them in the jars of cyanide. I mean, uh... <laughs> uh... I wrote here that in the documentary, he... Because he was still alive when they did this documentary. This documentary came out in about 2009. He died in 2008. Spoiler alert... So he was interviewed in the documentary. Gingy, you spoiled And said, I had an unbelievable respect for life. Just not humans. Okay. What could go wrong? I've heard uh, that in several Criminal Minds episodes. Guy to check was bullied throughout school because he was smart and he wore glasses. In response to the bullying, he threatened to poison his entire class with cyanide. As you do. In his headmaster, let him keep his jar of cyanide. <laughs> he was still walking around with his big fucking jar okay, of cyanide. Okay, 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 okay. First of all, um, I mean, I know it was a different era or ev and everything, but, like, some people being like, meh, your glasses are stupid, and your response is, I will poison the water supply. <laughs> it's, like, really disproportionate. Yeah. 
Um, also, I do want to make a note that the documentary name, The Genius and the Boys, sounds like my new indie band. Yes. Gajacek graduated in 1943 from the University of Rochester, where he studied physics, biology, chemistry, and mathematics. Why pick one? Mm-hmm. And three years later, he got his MD from Harvard. He was, at that time, possibly still, but I think at that time, the youngest ever person to get an MD from Harvard. So it was, like, uh, hot shit. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, this, again, this is the guy who was going to... Oh, yeah, this is going to be cool for a little while. This okay. is going to... Like, th- there are some red flags yet, but we'll just wait and let them pile up, much like prions. Don't worry about it. Um... <laughs> He, after he got his MD, he did some research at Caltech where he became friends with important scientists like Watson and Crick and some other people that I did not bother to write down the names of because I didn't understand who they were. Watson and Crick! Watson and Crick! (laughs) They discovered DNA! Or rather, they stole it from Rosalind Franklin! Uh, I don't understand this well enough to comment on it. A prayer, a prayer to God, prayer to our goddess, Rosalind Franklin. Oh, Rosalind. Goddess be with you. Uh, in 1948, the UN sent Guy to Germany where he convinced the family he was staying with, doing research, sort of a boarding situation, to let them take their young son back to the United States to get an education. And for sucking fucking reason, he adopted this kid as part of it. Wait, 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 He... He's like, so he's graduated from Harvard. He's what, 22? Uh, he is, hold on, let me do the math. I think he's like 25 when he adopts okay, his sure. kid. Like, Who's a teenager? Like, this is not like a five-year-old. But still, so there's a, like this 25-year-old dude. Single like, man. Like, some dude from the Big Bang Theory, but like vaping everywhere. Yeah. And he comes into your house and he's like, I am like too cool for science. He's like, also, can I take your teenage son across the sea and adopt him? Yeah. In 1951, uh, Gajdicek was drafted into the U.S. Army during the Korean War. Um, he was assigned as a research virologist at the Walter Reed Army Graduate School. He did shit like find out birds transmitted diseases and that the Koreans weren't having genocide camps. It was real weird. It was probably important. I read it over and over and looked into it and I did not understand it anymore or care. I'm not a science person. I'm a statisticians and social science person. But what interested Gajdicek most were fatal diseases and children. Uh, uh, separately? Or in conjunction? In 1957! <laughs> oh, God! This is, this is, this is revenge! For me blaming you for, like, 40 minutes. Yeah, huh? In 1957, he went to Port Port Moresby, New Guinea, to set up a part of a multinational study on child development, behavior, and disease where he heard about a mystery illness called Kuru affecting a tribe of the Eastern Highlands. Kuru sounds like... A, a Disney sidekick animal. Have, have you heard of this before? I have not heard okay, of it. Okay, it might become familiar. I I took a lot of anthropology courses in undergrad, and, like, this dude is sort of one of the reasons why I did not pursue an anthropology degree. I slept through a lot of my undergrad, so, you know, same difference. Sure. 
Um, and Kaidechek's best-known work focused on Kuru. So this disease was rampant among the South Fora. Um, I, I think it is pronounced Fora. I have heard it a couple different ways. Um, but the South Fora people of New Guinea in the 1950s and 60s. Gaidechek connected the spread of the disease to the practice of funerary cannibalism. I forgot to put in a content warning for cannibalism. Who <laughs> um, does? I was like, honestly, also, funerary cannibalism is my battle band name. Yes. So th- this is actually kind of a really fascinating thing to me. So the idea was that when people would die among the fora, um, and this was a relatively new practice of theirs. They had adopted it from another people on New Guinea some years prior, like 50 years prior or something. So it was relatively new to them. Um, and what they would do was when somebody passed away for whatever reason, they would cook and eat that person as a way to, um, both internalize them and protect them from having any part of their body stolen by anybody who practiced black magic to do something uh, black magic-y. Black magic-y, untoward with their bodies. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. It wasn't just yum yum. Nom 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 nom. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it was a lot more complex than that. Um, check was really interested in doing research in places like New Guinea, um, places that he felt weren't brainwashed by society. Oh, no. But also places that he felt could be his laboratories for both infectious disease and ethnography. I mean, by, by, by infectious disease and ethnography, you mean like... With the elimination of cannibalism. Oh my god. Um, because missionaries, like, had come to New Guinea a number of years prior and the forest stopped doing the funerary cannibalism because the missionaries were like, mm, it's a sin. Uh, so Kuru disappeared among the South Fora within a generation, but there were still these people dying and it was like, oh, a ton of women and a ton of kids, not a whole lot of men, but the, like, there were these really skewed population demographics. Gaidechek lived among the Fora. He studied their language and culture and performed autopsies on Kuru victims. He did this most of the time on his kitchen table? I mean, that my laboratory is my kitchen. Yeah, once he decided, like, once he found out about, like, actual Kuru, because he had just gone there to, like, sort of study the people and, you Vacation. know, he was looking around, he was looking around, he found out about Kuru, and he was like, whoo! And there was, like, a guided check-shaped hole in the wall, and he was off doing that. He did not get this sanctioned by anyone. He basically just had a house and was performing completely unsanctioned, oh, like, cool. dissections of people he did not know on his kitchen table. You know, because that's what people who... Don't threaten to poison their whole school, dude. It was, like, fairly serial killery, um, but... Fairly? He won a Nobel Prize for it. There's still a lot of scientists who think that this guy is the shit. Like, if there was not anything else problematic about him, I think people would be like, ooh, what a renegade. It's just like House. But But with more racism. 
Yeah. Um, so Biotrek figured out that Kuru was transmitted by the ritualistic consumption of the brains of deceased relatives. And he proved this by uh, transmitting the disease to primates and demonstrating they had this crazy long incubation period. Basically, nobody had been able to figure out what this was because it took, like, years to incubate and build up in the system instead of, like, a couple of days or a couple of weeks, like okay. most diseases do. He did this by drilling holes into the chimps' heads, uh, chimpanzee test subjects, and placing pureed brain matter into the cerebellum. You forgot. You forgot the 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 content warning for animal abuse. I gave the content warning for animal did abuse. Did you? Yes, There's I just did. a lot of content warnings. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine just had basic transphobia, which is not basic, but like just transphobia. Yeah. Um, but man, yours is just. I full thought of about tags. just pulling a content warning on the beginning of this episode and still might for just all of it. <laughs> Content warning, I don't fucking know all, all of it. it. So the the chimpanzees that he was testing then eventually developed the symptoms of Kuru. He gives himself a whole lot of pats on the back for being the only one who was willing to stick around and, like, wait and actually see that the chimpanzees developed Kuru. And I'm not saying that that wasn't, like, a big thing, because nobody else was thinking to do it, but he had some other reasons for sticking around, as you will see. Well, it seems like, I mean... Obviously, I will learn more reasons, but it, it seems a little bit less like I'm going to do some real science and really observe and make sure this thing. And it's more like kind of a really long jerk off section a session to like dying monkeys. Yeah, I mean it's not not that. <laughs> uh, so he figured that um, Kuru was really similar to the sheep and goat disease called Scrapey, which um, his names, man. Yeah, well, this was, like, a very uh, centuries-old British name for a disease that was why you didn't inbreed the sheep too much. Well, like, um, these diseases, like, I mean, Ruru, but, like, Scree... Kuru. I'm sorry. Kuru. Kuru. I'm sorry. I'm I am getting... I am being as respectful as I can about this disease that's, like... That's, that sounds like the sidekick from... A pretty racist '50s television. Exactly, channel. but it's also like like Scrapey sounds like like some some like children's show puppet that like has a budget of two thousand dollars. This is Scrapey. Do you want to know what Scrapey is? Sure. It caused sheep and goats to rub their face off on rocks. Cool, 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 cool. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm really simplifying it again. If you want to hear. Name this disease. Like, what do you They scrapey their face off on their back. Scrapey. Yeah, um, <laughs> so if you if you want to hear a more detailed account of like why any of this is in like the scientific stuff, please go listen to this podcast. We'll kill you. It's really great. It's their episode on prion disease, which might be prion disease. I knew before I started drinking, I but here we I are. I think it's prion. So, after figuring out the connection with Scrapey, they also made the connection that there were humans with similar conditions like Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Uh, Do you know another name for variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease? Uh, Scratchy. (laughs) Mad cow. 
Oh, okay. So, so it's sort of that family of stuff. So okay. it is this, it's this subset of diseases that make your brain really fucked up and then you start acting weird and then you die is basically the connecting thread. The um, way I want to go out. I'm not going to go into all the science, first of all, because I don't understand it and I would We're do not it here wrong. to science. I would do it wrong. We're here to drink. <laughs> it's second of all, because you, uh, if you want to hear about the science, listen to uh, This Podcast Will Kill You episode on prion disease. I think I've said that three times. I love ti- that this is our first podcast, and we're like, you should listen to this other podcast. It's a really good <laughs> podcast. That's what great advertising. It's so much more relaxing. Oh, um, man. I'm into it. But he basically just discovered or... Um, yeah, he discovered that there was this kind of illness that no one had really seen before. He called it an unconventional virus, even though it didn't have DNA, which was, like, the big fucking deal of it all. And now we know it isn't a virus at all. It's a fucked up protein. So a prion disease is a protein that gets fucked up and it fucks up the other protein. Unconventional virus is my first album for the demons <laughs> and the boys. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that. The Genius and the Boys first release on conventional virus. Okay, so on October 14th, 1976, they awarded Guy to Check the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for 1976 jointly uh, with Baruch S. Bloomberg. Um, for their discoveries concerning new mechanisms for the origin and dissemination of infectious diseases. So this is where he gets his Nobel. He figured out the prion stuff. Uh, not all of this is, is exactly chronological, and this is where it gets really fucked up, and I shoved all the real fucked up stuff towards this half. I mean, after the, the, the scrapey and the scratchy and the, and the, and the, what, the, the funerary cannibalism. I'm going to just give y'all one more content warning and chance to bail for child sexual assault. Um, while he was studying the fora, he visited, he visited the Anga people. According to his obituary in The Guardian, quote, They did not have Kuru, but did have an interesting form of welcome. The youth persistently offered to fillet him and regarded, him, regarded it as great fun. This was in his obituary? It was in his obituary. He's a Nobel Prize winner, and he, like, really wants you to know that he was, like, got blowjobs from children in, like, the jungle or whatever. Girl, just wait. Oh, Because um, he visited other tribes with pedophilic traditions, and in 1903, he brought to the, uh, 1963, uh, the Guardian said that in 1963, he brought to the U.S. the first of his 56 adopted sons. <coughs> I'm sorry. Uh, as you we must have, have misspoke. <laughs> I thought you said the first of 56 <laughs> adopted sons. I mean, how many sons would you say is normal? <laughs> what, is, what is the appropriate Look at all my sons. sons. This uh, yes. is my village of sons. Gaze upon my field of sons. <laughs> Uh, we, oh, we did no. see earlier, I, see, I've seen this number in conflict because there was the uh, kid from Germany that he had. The first of his sons. So I've seen 56 and 57. I have also seen, and it was like pretty clear in The Genius and the Boys, that some of the children he adopted were girls, but it was far and away boys. Um, 
He was the first of the Field of Sons. Yeah, but in 63, he brought back a 12-year-old Anga boy. Uh, he put I mean, all okay. the, He put all the kids through high school and many through university or medical school. Fast forward past all of these weird goddamn Thanksgivings. Because you also have to assume, like, if this is the first of 56 in... Where are the other 55? Are they living with him? They're in his weirdly big house in Maryland. They're all living with him. So he has, like... He adopted 56 kids in 30 years. First of all... Oh, anyway, um, that was just that noise. Um, and, and they were like all from New Guinea or Micronesia or like the Polynesian area. He did he he stated somewhere, and I wrote this quote down, but that he had a particular affinity for the black primitive. <laughs> yes, this guy is the fucking worst. Because he, he, he spent so much time and energy trying to explain why he was like, I study in these parts of the world because they're not brainwashed, which really means that they're willing to give me blowjobs when they're children. But you, that's not even... Uh, uh, there's so much wrong here. There's, there's so much some... wrong. But again, I just can only imagine this, this fucking mansion in Maryland. Can you imagine the neighbors being like, oh, honey, look. There's the new tenant. I wonder what his deal is. Oh, he's a Nobel Prize winner, darling. Oh, and where, why is there so many children? Can you imagine the fucking Zillow listing for this house? <laughs> a 36-bed... Right. ...four-bath house. Right. Like, I don't know how you do this. Like, I realize that the Nobel Prize is something like a million dollars, which back then... Like, bought you more than does now, whatever, whatever, but... Could you also imagine, like, when he eventually, like, you know, just fucking offs it and, like, sells the house? Could you imagine being like, well, this was a house full of children? Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Oh, I don't. Oh, good. I'm glad it's addressed. In the 1990s... <laughs> oh, boy. A member of Gynacek's lab told the FBI that something fishy was going on. And that clues might lie in Gadachek's diaries. Because this motherfucker, from the time he was like four, was keeping diaries. I think it said that he kept over a million pages. Serial killers do that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Serial killers and Emily Dickinson. Someone in The Genius and the Boys, which I cannot recommend enough that you watch on YouTube. It's real weird. But, I mean, people were all the time talking about like, oh, I think it's so beautiful that he's adopting all of his kids and he would just come around for Thanksgiving with his 56 children. Could you imagine, okay, like, just to take a step aside to like lighten this up a second, could you imagine being like the neighbor that's like hosting Thanksgiving and it's like, shit, I invited Buttigieg, not, oh my no, god. No! Oh my god. No! Don't bring that very sweet hedgehog into this. He is a very sweet hedgehog. What's this guy's name again? Gooded Guy to check. Guy to check. Oh my god. Woo. You can call him Carlton. Carlton. I am going to call him Carlton. Okay, call him Carlton. But no, could you imagine being one of, like, the neighbor hosting Thanksgiving and being like, oh, I find it that young, nice chap Carlton. I don't know why all the people in America... <laughs> yeah, all of the people in Maryland have these, like, trans-Atlantic <laughs> 1920s Catherine Hepburn type of accents. <laughs> Whatever, that's what I got. Um, but, like, yes, I've Carlton around for Thanksgiving. 
Oh, but Mildred... The children? Oh, yes, I know he has a few. No, Mildred! (laughs) You don't understand. There's 50 of them. Oh, I'm... You mean five, of course. No, Mildred. (laughs) No, that was not... That was not an error with the decimal. It's 56 children, not 5.6 children. Oh, poor Mildred. Oh, boy. That's so many mashed potatoes. (laughs) So in the 90s, a member of his lab told the FBI that they thought that there was something fishy going on, that there would be something in his many prolific diaries. Initially, when the FBI reviewed them, they found very sort of roundabout um, mentions of his proclivities. Um, But they didn't find anything super uh, clear, so they did... Hi, listeners. Uh, This is Ginger here. At this point in the recording, for some reason, my audio went bye-bye, and we're missing a couple minutes of audio. I'm going to recreate it to you on these dog shit MacBook speakers while my um, geriatric chihuahua huffs in the background, so sorry for that. So in the 1990s, uh, the person from Gadishek's lab essentially tells the FBI that something's going on with him. The FBI questioned uh, Gadishek's adopted sons, um, and of 56, found one that was willing to testify against him. Um, After he found out about this, Gadishek struck a plea bargain, which apparently nobody thought he was going to do. They just thought he was going to beat this thing, and uh, was sentenced to 12 months in jail. After his release in 1998, he was permitted to serve his five-year unsupervised probation in Europe. He was unapologetic about his conviction um, and took the view that boys will be boys. Gadicek in the documentary noted that he, he doesn't refute these allegations. He notes that he probably had sex with three to four hundred boys uh and not just the one that he was um convicted of he maintains that all of this was good and normal and above board and and says that this only happened outside of the u.s um the genius and the boys highlights one instance of a friend's son who came forward during filming and said that Gadishek had abused him um, and done so uh, when he was a kid and in the United States. So we know that he's he's a straight-up creep, guys. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, the rest of the audio we lost, I don't know how we got on the subject, but... Um, Gaidacek, uh went to Hungary with his family when he was a child and stayed with relatives. And I'll let the audio pick up here. His family. And he seduced his uncle. Oh, no, honey. Who he had a crush on. Oh, no, honey. Um, that's not he possible. Sta- he stated in that documentary, you can hear him say it, that he believes that if you want to have a functional family where you don't get put in a nursing home and shit, 
that you have to have intergenerational sex. <laughs> wow. And he bold statement, Carlton. If I, you don't want to end up in a home, fuck your children. And <laughs> Wow. And he doesn't consider it a normal upbringing if you don't have sex with a parent. They gave oh. this man a fucking Nobel Prize. Oh my god. They gave this man a goddamn Nobel Prize. I, I mean, don't know what we have to do to undo that. I mean, prions, I guess, are important, but oh my goodness. There's... We're all sad about Mad Cow. I mean, like, that whole, like, uncle thing, that's, like, straight out of Milo Yabadabalubalus' like, shit. Like, We're too drunk to pronounce his last name. I don't pronounce it sober. <laughs> <laughs> I could say Annapolis, but yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Um, and that's the other thing, as a, as, a, as a disclaimer on this fucking guy. Like, there are absolutely obvious this fucking guys we're eventually going to have to talk about. Yeah. Because, like... We're gonna have to. But, like, everyone's done a, a Milo Yabadubalus take, so, like, we're gonna try to, like, not do that take. Yes. We're gonna do other takes. Ren's not trying to be racist against Greek people. She doesn't want to speak his name much like Voldemort. <laughs> Best. Um, of course. Oh, boy. Uh, God blessedly, this fucking guy died on December 12th, 2008. In Tromsø, Norway, at the age of 85 of congestive heart failure. Although, my God, how 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 was he not like torn apart by gerbils on PCP or just whatever is like? I guess the worst way. I'm just thinking about like the worst ways to die in Norway, and I don't know enough about Norway to comment on the worst ways to die in Norway. But I imagine it involves either like a frozen lake and or really smelly fish. I feel like you're not giving the Norwegians enough credit. As I said, disclaimer before that statement, I don't know fuck all about Norway. Well, I feel like we have uh, left our listenership, whoever is out there. Hello. All three of them. All three of them. <laughs> um, my parents and my fiance. Yeah. Uh, uh, to just feel really fucking bummed at out this about point, all of this. I think at every episode, I've just established this. I think every episode we need to have a dead soldier count. And we have gone through four and a half ciders. And no, we've gone through six, honey. Six ciders? Where are the other bottles? Some of them live downstairs in the recycling now. Oh, well, at least six bottles of cider. Five and a half. Five and a half. I'm still working on this. I've had at least three or four shots. And I've probably had five. So, that's our kill count, and uh, that's going to be all for us this week, folks. Do you want to say something that makes you not terribly unhappy? Do you want to send out a recommendation or something into the universe? Well, I do want to say, in lieu of our uh, our star our star man this episode, uh, Peter Vlaming, transphobic extraordinaire, I would recommend any uh, trans folks that may be struggling, or LGBT youth in general, uh, there is the Trevor Project. Uh, they're an excellent organization that provides crisis services to queer youth. Um, there's also a Trans Lifeline um, that does provide specific crisis services for trans individuals. Um, I don't have the numbers, but they're an easy Google search. Both of them are excellent organizations. If you need help, give them a call. 
They're super great. And I would recommend the um, beautiful, very talented queer artist, Mika, um, just put out an album called My Name is Michael Holbrook, and I have listen been listening to the song tomorrow on repeat, and it makes me very happy. So if you like what you're hearing, you should check us out when they're available, because I am in the process, but they're going to be up. Um, it's this fnguy.wordpress.com. Eventually it will be just .com, but I yeah. haven't paid for it yet. Um, on Twitter as well, at this fnguy pod. Yeah. F as in foxtrot, N as in nambla. <laughs> Um, or donate to our Patreon, but we don't have one. We so don't, don't have one. We aspire to have we a Patreon. Aspire. Keep us in your hearts. Um, so again, I am Red Martinez. And I'm Ginger Golub. Here's a self-care tip. Don't use apricot scrubs. And don't be this fucking guy. Peace. This fucking guy.